0: Welcome to the GIST Podcast, where we come together to meet the many wonderful people who make GIST what it is.
1: A place where students learn to be self-directed, globally engaged, balanced, and future-ready.
0: I'm Morgan. And I'm
1: Mindy, and we're your hosts.
0: Exciting changes in the high school science department have been afoot for the last year or two. Jeff Clark, high school science department chair, is here with us today to discuss the rollout of some significant and forward-thinking curriculum changes for ninth grade science as GIST seeks to help students become future ready. Jeff, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks very much.
0: Can you start by describing for us a bit about um, what the previous science curriculum looked like for ninth grade?
2: Absolutely. I think in order to understand what the previous curriculum was or has been, uh, we need to understand how it fits into the context of the whole curriculum in the high school, however. So we are an AP and IB school. So we have uh, a large range of AP and IB sciences that we need to prepare students for in 11th and 12th grade. And so one of the ideas that has been historically the focus of this department is to specify and prepare students for their particular choice in science in 10th grade. What that means is that as they move from 9th into 10th grade, they need to have an informed choice of what science they're going to take for the next three years. So the 9th grade science curriculum has been a quick survey course of both bio, or of biology, chemistry, physics, and environmental science. The students go through all four units quite rapidly and, and jump from subject to subject. And the goal of that is to be able to help them choose as they move from ninth grade into 10th grade, what science they will pursue for the rest of high school. So what prompted the
1: discussion to update the curriculum, Jeff?
2: That's a... a long answer to a question. Uh, it's, a, it's a great question um, but I'm going to go through a, a little bit there. It's, it's an interesting process. So we started with a bit of self meta-analysis of what are our strengths and weaknesses and we as a department uh, went through a couple activities. We drew, drew pictures of what we thought the you – know, what is the ideal graduate from our department look like and what are their qualities? What do they know? What are they good at? What are they passionate about? And then we we pieced those around and said, well, which of these are really important and, and and what are we good at and what are we not so good at? And the not so good at came from this idea of breadth versus depth. We were really good at preparing students for IB and, and going really deep into their subject area, but we're not providing much of a breadth of scientific literacy we're missing that kind of core foundational knowledge students are coming out of high school with very little exposure to chemistry and lots of to physics or a little bit of exposure to environmental science but lots to biology and so we felt that we were a little bit off kilter we started this group in the in the department we we started to focus on this we call it an area of focus that started to analyze well, how do other schools do this? What's what's important on this? And, and you know, can we balance these two constraints a little bit more evenly? What we found is that every other peer school goes through at least two years of varied sciences. No other school was choosing their science from ninth to 10th grade. We also found that very few other schools have to prepare for both AP and IB and in, prepare for computer science. Um, we heard anecdotal feedback from from students and parents about how challenging it is to move rapidly from subject to sp- subject in our current grade nine courses. And so as we dove in, we found constraint after constraint after constraint of these things that are are difficult and needed to be shifted around, but were hard to figure out exactly how to piece it all together. The final piece of the puzzle that that kind of the impetus of why now was also we're we're looking at shifting standards and, and uh, ideally moving to NGSS standards. So if we're going to do that shift of a new standards focus, this was a ripe opportunity to really start working on, well, how do we build those standards into a new course if we're going to look to balance breadth and depth? Well,
1: I, I think the thing that stands out to me Jeff when you describe that is the fact that you the, just that really thorough process that you went through and I think that sometimes we've all seen this in international schools where people actually start sort of at the end of where you did where they start with oh let's just look at what are other schools doing and let's try to do that and you actually started with this idea of what are we good at and what are we where do we need to improve and then you went through the process of gathering feedback and looking at other places which is which is really cool to hear um and I just thinking about how this really fits well with the new strategic plan as well. Um, so just kind of trying to think along that line of how does this, you know, help GIST students particularly?
2: Yeah, so there's a, there's a couple different places where this can help GIST students. Um, this is, you know, what we're aiming to do by changing nine and we're hoping to continue on and, and shift a little bit of grade 10 is to delay a choice of specific subject from nine to 10. And So we're going to give them a little bit more foundation and build that core competency knowledge, that, that foundation in science, that exposure to all of the sciences a little bit deeper that then allows a little bit more flexibility. I often think of it at kind of uh, – I don't know if you've heard the T-shaped learner, this idea of breadth and depth. The top of the T represents your, your ability to understand other, other subjects and, and a little bit of kind of your breadth of knowledge in the, and then you go deep somewhere. And right now, the top of our tea is really, really thin, and we'd like to build that out a little bit so students can understand a little bit of other sciences going on and understand how this applies and, and you know, what is going on in biology, even if I'm taking physics, how, you know, there's a lot in biology that's relevant there and that we need to have that kind of foundational core knowledge in. So as we build that breadth of scientific literacy, we're hoping to not only delay the, the choice by a year and let students make a little bit more informed and flexible choice, but also hope, hopefully having graduates who are just more scientifically literate, that, that our goal here is not necessarily the student choice, but it's those graduates, those graduates that we're, we're seeing come out and hopefully have a, a stronger and broader foundation in science.
0: That's fantastic. One really interesting thing about your new model that is very forward-thinking is this idea of integrating computer science skills throughout um, each unit that you do in the other sciences. Could you speak to that a little bit?
2: Absolutely, so um, as I said and and mentioned earlier, that one of the unique situations in our school, we're both, not only both AP and IB, but we offer a broad range of subjects. And so, especially in IB, but um, in AP as well, We have environmental science, uh, chemistry, physics, biology. We also offer our sports exercise in health science and IB. But we, in both AP and IB, offer computer science. And that subject lives in the science department. According to the IB, it is a group four subject. It lives in the science realm. And so we have this duty to not only prepare students for the natural sciences, but allow them the flexibility to choose in going into the computer science. And so we needed to be able to balance this breadth of of foundational literacy, not only from the traditional natural sciences, but add in a little bit of computer science. And so we wanted to build this in, and we were looking at different models of how we could build it in. It could be a standalone semester, or we could chop it up. But we realized as we went through that a lot of computer science isn't, there's a lot of content in terms of language and programming, but really it's a, a model of thinking. It's computational analysis. And so what as, – as we looked, the, the computer science teachers were informing us, you know, one of the things they lack as they work for new problems to solve is context. What do they need to program about? And we from the sciences were thinking, well, we have a lot of context, but the computational skills are something that we're not super – you know, we don't focus on as much. And so looking at melding those two and building that slowly throughout – The two year or the grade nine and hopefully moving into grade 10 um, would allow us to build that scientific literacy, but also do a little bit of sharing, help computer science by giving a little bit of context of problem solving um, and then also help the sciences by giving us a little bit more power in our computational thinking.
0: Fantastic. So um, I imagine there's some teachers and possibly some students out there listening to this right now. So let's just talk a little bit about this in specifics. What would this look like? Um, You're teaching a biology unit. How do you weave in um, the computer science? How does assessment start to look like? Because things are shifting.
2: Great. Great. Um, and let's actually we're not gonna focus on biology first because right now the, and we haven't addressed this yet but the actual structure of this is going to be right now grade 9 is going to move to a physical sciences we're gonna be teaching physics and chemistry in grade 9 the the goal which has not been approved yet but we're, we're working towards and and starting to design is that the following year in grade 10 would be a life sciences biology and, and environmental science and as you said throughout these courses we would have this computer science component integrated through so let's start with some of the physics and I can I can mention a little bit of the chemistry of how this might work. So early on in physics are going to be studying forces and and the the primary goal here is a breadth of foundational knowledge. So it really is going to be an, a physical sciences course with a focus on physics and so they'll learn about forces and they'll learn about energy and that's kind of the first semester of the course as they go through they'll take tests and content exams as they normally would in every class. And that will be their natural sciences learning objective score. And they will also do lab skills. They will work on labs and do experiments and build data tables. And and that will be their lab skills score, just like in every traditional science class so far. What's going to be slightly new is they're also going to have a learning objective called computational skills. And so as we go through, we're going to be building in uh days for building up some computer science and we're going to be working with them to do some formative and summative assessment in programming programs that will make um, something related to science and that will be assessed through the the computer science the computational skills uh, learning objective so for instance early on they will be doing how to write a function or how do you build a function in python and so some formative assessment might be build a you know build a function that calculates the net force on an object and then another function that takes a the force and the mass and calculates the acceleration spit it out um and so very kind of foundational but but starting to write these functions and so as they do this formative and summative assessment they'll get assessed on their computational skills the programming aspect but we're also going to ask them to write a reflective explanation statement that links it back to the natural sciences. Why did you use this formula? How are you solving this? What What is working here? And then try to tie that back into a natural sciences rubric as well. Of course, as we go forward in the course, things get a little bit more advanced in the computer science. And as we're just kind of dabbling slightly as we go through, we're, we're building that up. So in unit two, we're currently going planning to use loops. Uh, I'm not sure you're your, your programming levels here. We've we've been training on this for the last couple of months um, while in for loops to build iterative calculations so we can see how an object's energy moves over time as I apply a force to it. And, and instead of hand calculating every single one of these distances, I can print out its energy over 10 meters immediately. Um, or I can see how far an object goes and, and when it stops that kind of calculation using some loops. And then the part I'm personally most excited about, and I know the computer science teachers are most excited about, um, is they really want to push the introduction of, of objects and basic objects because Python is an object oriented programming language and really would help build those foundational skills. And the concept we've come up with for chemistry is to start looking at atoms as objects. There's a lot of calculations and properties that you can build into Python code once you start to view an atom as an object. It has properties, numbers of um, protons, but then it has behaviors based on those properties. What are the valence electrons? What ion charges do it? does it make? And so looking at this basic atomic structure from a programming point of view should reinforce the science, but also help us build out some of the computational thinking.
1: Oh, man. This is... Jeff, I feel like I could talk about this all day. This is right up. I feel like you're literally making my dream come true in the in the high school because this is exactly the kind of thing in the elementary school that we're trying to build up to as well. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with Seymour Papert. Anybody who listens to this and knows me is going to laugh because I love Seymour Papert. And he had this vision back in the 80s that we could use computers to take real world learning like science and math and really make it meaningful. And it's so cool to hear you like really having this idea of how this could actually work in practice and you're going to make that science so meaningful. And it's also going to have, like you said, that crossover with the thinking is going to be super powerful for the the kids. So I just, I love this. I'm so excited. Um, so I just want to kind of get back to the students really quickly, but thinking about what outcomes do you see for the students over the next couple of years?
2: Yeah. Um, great. So, uh, I think a lot of that is, you know, building that scientific literacy, building that, you know, that stronger foundation in science and having a, a more informed choice. My my goal is after grade 10, you've got more students feeling free to choose multiple sciences in AP or multiple sciences in IB, because the pathway to get there is a little bit more flexible, but they've also got a little bit broader foundation. And so, you know, having students come into um, my AP Physics Two class, and and have some, you know, I can allude to some more chemistry there, and they've got that 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 background. But also now, hopefully, I can do a few more activities where, hey, in AP Physics Two, I know you've got a little bit of background in Python. Let's let's see how this modeling works, and and we can we can start to implement some of that. It's it's really amazing when you start to read about how ubiquitous computer science is, and in, in everywhere so that they really need these skills coming out of high school and and, and into university. Whatever you're going to study, it's, you know, if you're going to be a marketing, if you're going into marketing, having some of that computer science is important. If you're going into science, being able to program and model is important. If you're going into finance, obviously this is super important. If you're going into, you know, almost any discipline needs to have some fluency in computer science in order to really thrive in that field and to understand what's going on, that it, it's it's really, really important.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I would say even the thinking behind the computer science is equally important and really transfers over to many other um, aspects of the student's education and in their future.
0: So, Just has a very strong PLC structure. Um, I think it's one of the things that we've always prided ourselves on is that our, our administration really takes the time to make sure that these structures are provided in the day and hearing you talk about everything that you've done, Jeff, with your colleagues to prepare for the new course to get rolled out. Um, It's obvious that it's been pretty time intensive. Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about the overall process that you went through, um, how you engaged stakeholders, Just anything involved in this, because, you know, watching you go through this, even just the training that science teachers need to get from the computer science teachers, because you have a single person who's going to be leading each one of these classes, there's a lot involved.
2: Absolutely. And, and I'll, in part of this answer, I'm, I'm going to allude to some of the things I've done well and some of the things that I, I haven't done quite so well. And it's, um, you know, change is complicated. There, you know, you've got lots of models on how to implement a change, concerns based approach model or, or the, you know, the adoption curve or or whatever those are, you know, and trying to balance those. It's, it's been a challenging, uh, two years, but really exciting trying to get this moving and going forward. And so, as you said, you know a lot of this has been that buildup of that that start of what are we good at? What are we not? What let's build some momentum? Let's see where we need to go. Have this subgroup kind of do this analysis and figure out what what are our options? What are our peer groups doing? What what's good for our students? What's what's not working for our students? Um, and then we had to present it to our overall department and and say, hey, you know this is what we think, and we had a, a, a lot of discussions there. And of course there's some concerns, right? It's a change. And so managing those concerns and trying to, to figure out, all right, well, we need these people to move it forward. These people, I've got I've to help out and, and work to help understand it. And and then as we build some momentum there, we've got to go get it approved to the, the overall high school. So that took a, a more conversations and more one-on-ones. And then finally, once it's all approved, we've really focused on Let's move this forward. All right, we're 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 now it's go. And so we've spent uh, countless hours this year working with the computer science teachers and and kind of the the core physical science teachers here of how will this actually look. We've designed out all four units for the entire year and what these summit these assessments will look like. How will it all work? And and now towards the end of the year. I've scheduled about 20 hours in the last four weeks of school, where all of the teachers for next year, now that we know who's teaching it, have been working with the computer science teachers and doing Python training and and doing some of these assessments and trying them out and seeing what they would look like and making sure that you know we're able to do them. I, ideally, you know, anything we ask a high school student to learn, we can learn as well. Um, so it's just been that time of, of investment. Now. In that focus of, you know, we're, we're going. It is, it's time to, and it's, it's a big project to get done. I really have lost some focus on all the other people that currently aren't involved in the immediate movement. And so I do need to go back and, and rebuild some of that momentum and, and have more of those conversations. And I think part of that, that moral is, you know, trying to do change is always hard, trying to do change mid-COVID while you're jumping between hybrid and online and all that, you know, we're all going to make mistakes. But I think we've, um, you know, trying my best just to balance all of the stakeholders has been very difficult. Right now, we're we're in go mode. We're going to, we're, we've got the first, I think, all four units laid out, a full scope and sequence ready, the first five weeks day by day planned. And so really, it's, you know, going back and saying, all right, we're set now let's reengage with everybody and make sure you know here's really what it looks like and and let's ex- let's talk let's figure out you know what are your concerns and and let's talk about why you know I'm so excited and I know a lot of people are really excited about this and and so reengaging and making sure that I go back and cycle back with everybody to continue to build the confidence in it
0: and one of the just. To piggyback on that and talk about the structure a little bit more it's amazing how many times your team has been meeting over the course of the last month <laughs> to get the training that you need i know the computer science teachers have been extremely involved in leading sessions for you um and just having that openness of time has been so important and i just want to make sure that we emphasize just how, ex- I don't wanna say extreme, but the dedication that you've all had to this process and the fact that the administrative team has backed you up so well in trying to make sure that you can roll this out well and you don't miss a single point because this is huge. And knowing this computer science stuff and how to embed it appropriately.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's kudos to the whole team. I think, you know, we, once we've kind of worked through those initial ideas of how might this work, I, you know that core team of of people involved have gotten really excited. There, you can see a lot of passion and excitement about this is really cool. My the computer science teachers keep talking about, oh, you know, we're programming about physics, and and you can see the physics in it, and it's just they're very excited by it to give this context and and. You know, we were walking around the ninth grade final exam with 170 students uh, just the other day and and I walked over to the one of the computer science teachers and I said you know next year every single one of these students these 170 students will have a little bit of exposure to computer science and she was so excited um, <laughs> and so it's just this you know I it it's a lot of kudos to them've I've, I've done the logistical work of when is some time we can carve out but they've shown up and they've been engaged and they've been willing to do it and they've really been willing to learn and 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 push themselves and it's it's been very cool to see um and and as a side note and a, and a piggyback on that i think it's also a, a cool selling point for teachers coming to our school now yeah. is that, yes, I know it's a, a jump and that I'm going to ask you if you come into the science department, you know, if you're a physics and chemistry teacher, I'm going to ask you to learn a little bit of Python, but that's also a really cool opportunity. I'm going to find the time for you to learn it. We're going to give you the support and we're going to get you up to speed on how this works. It's it. Uh, I feel like it's been an amazing PD opportunity for our department as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's it's awesome. You know, I, I was thinking about this and how this is something You know, you've heard about these sort of ideas before, but you kind of touched on it's also really new and really cool. And it's taken you a lot of effort, you know, to try to put this together and do it really, really well and thoroughly. And you talked about how, you know, you had early on in the process looked at other international schools. And I'm curious at how this kind of curricular update compares to other international schools like GIST's.
2: Yeah, it's – we've looked at a lot of schools and, and there's um, – so I'll, I'll mention a couple different things here because a lot of schools don't – either don't explicitly prepare for computer science. It's kind of the, not in the sciences. It's a technology department. or So the structure plays a role there. A lot of schools will do a physical science 9, a life science 10. That is by far the most common structure. So in reality, what we're doing is, is not massively new. We're doing – a grade nine physical science that's aligned to NGSS and we're teaching physics and chemistry. And then in grade 10, we're doing uh, biology and enviro again aligned to NGSS. And so that's not massively new. The idea that we also want to support preparation and and exposure and and learning in computer science is what's relatively new. And so a a lot of international schools are doing the physical and life sciences structure but not with the integration of the computer science there are other systems for instance bootstrap physics or um, is a program uh that runs a physics curriculum that has embedded uh their own version of python in there but but that kind of thing um, that's a little bit similar but it only exists for physics and so it, if we went with that, we would have had to reinvent and extend everything into chemistry and biology any, anyway. And so we felt as we, we did that analysis, it, you know, you've know, you got both trends where you've got that breadth of foundational science knowledge. You also have in a different realm integration into physics of computer science, but not both of those together. And so that's where what we're doing is relatively big. So
0: Jeff, before we go today, I, I wanted to touch base with you about one other thing, which I know you're very passionate about, which is data collection. (laughs) And I would like if you could just speak for a couple of minutes about how you're going to be doing some overall data tracking uh, to assess the effectiveness of the new program. Um, When you might take a look at data, what kinds of things you're going to be looking at so you can assess the
2: effectiveness for students. Great, and that's uh, you know we're really excited about this change, and we we've got big you know big visions of where what this is going to look like, but but we need to to measure the reality. We need to see what the reality is, and and it's very important to me that we have some sort of measurement device to say, hey, this worked, or hey, this didn't really change much, but now they at least have more breadth of knowledge, or maybe this is a you know for a core set of students is not working so well, and we need to rethink um, and, and tweak what's happening, and so we need to be able to, to take some data and measure that. So there's a couple different t- uh, points of data that we can collect there. The first one is going on right now. Um, the, we are starting to bring in science map testing into uh, the high school, and so that's not it. We're doing the trial this year, and we'll see how that goes, and so the ninth graders are over there actually, I think, doing science at um, at the moment. Um, but. Uh, overall, that it's going to be a little bit slow, and that's also not targeted to exactly what we want. And so what we really want is a breadth of, of content foundation and scientific literacy skills. And so in that spirit, we spent a, a few weeks this year really prioritizing what we want these graduates, because again, that is our ultimate goal is the breadth of our graduates. Um, what do we really need them to understand? And we came out with a, a core list, and then went and basically poached a bunch of existing concept inventories. There are so many cool concept inventories out there, especially in sciences, that have these you know, really well-validated questions that, that test you know, some concept here and, and student understanding with you know, well-thought-out distractors, and so we didn't really need to reinvent questions, but we could poach these existing concept inventories, and we built a, a 60-question concept inventory. 10 from physics, 10 from biology, 10 from environmental science, 10 from computer science, 10 from chemistry, and 10 general kind of scientific literacy data interpretation analysis. We then chopped that into five different 12-question tests that have uh, two from each of those six areas and have randomly assigned it to all of the grade 10s at the end of this year. So we now have one baseline data set that says, regardless of what science you're in, whatever you have done, wherever you've come from, where are you at the end of grade 10 in terms of scientific literacy? We've got that baseline data, and again, next year we're gonna give it to the grade 10s, and we're also gonna give it to the incoming grade 9s. And so eventually it will be a pre and post test of this concept inventory. Now, because we've got five randomized different tests, we're going to get a, a, a snapshot of overall picture, not in student individual growth, but but growth of the cohort. And if we give a pre and post test, the student may or may not see the same test at the end. Um, and that's absolutely fine because what we're looking at is, is a measurement of the overall cohort rather than individual student learning. And so the goal is if we can roll out physical science in grade nine and eventually life science in grade 10, and then at the end of grade 10, the not next year, but the following year would be our grade 10 life sciences course with the new students who have come through our new program. We will again give them this post-test um, concept inventory, and we'll see how that affects the the breadth of learning and, and, and uh, give us a measurement device and hopefully keep going for years. So the goal is to have two years of baseline data with us and on our existing model, and then uh, at least two years of after the new changes um, to see any measurement.
0: As always, thoroughly sorted out, very well researched, and you're making me want to go back and be a high school science student again. (laughs) (laughs) This is very exciting. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure.
2: Thanks Thanks so much, Jeff. That was great. Thank you very much.